Good afternoon, everybody. This is Bubba's Bodyguard Podcast. I am honored and so privileged to have Officer Tommy Norman along here with me. Officer Norman, how are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks, Bubba. Yes, sir. Um, just again, I'm so appreciative that you're you know, able to take some time and uh, you know, join me here on the podcast today. What is, um, explain to me kind of your, your upbringing, Officer Norman, and uh, how your love for giving back and, and helping others started so early. So, um, great question. Growing up in Arkansas, the city of North Little Rock, uh, you know, I had a really big family. I had eight siblings. There's nine of us total. And my mom just taught all of us at a very, very young age just to always get involved in the community, volunteer. A lot of the times that was her taking us out, um, you know, because we were young kids. She would take us to, like, nursing homes. She would take us to, you know, community centers and just different places and neighborhoods where people didn't receive a lot of love and attention. And she took us with her uh, and, uh, you know, kind of showed us what it was like to give back. And so that's something that, you know, the old saying is you live what you learn. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we learned that at such a young age. So we kind of took it from her. And with me, I kind of just took it a step further and I did more and more and more at a young age, and it just kind of carried on uh, throughout my life up and even until now. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously when you were, uh, you know, when you first started with law enforcement and you get into the police academy, was it something right away uh, when you just when you you know said, hey, I'm going to pursue this? Was it something right away you said, you know, this is my my passion and purpose and calling in life or it took you a little while once you got into the field to discover that? Well, you know, it, like I said, it goes back to I've been giving back since I was a teenager. Now, I did think that when I became a police officer, that the possibility that I couldn't do the amount that I had been doing um, because mm-hmm. I know being a police officer would take time away from that. But what I did learn within my first three years of my career was, hey, I can keep doing this, you know, maybe not as much and, and maybe not all the time while I'm working, uh, you know. But then again, I found out that even when I'm working, I could get out and talk to people and volunteer and get involved. And that's something that I wasn't sure that could happen at first, because initially I thought as a police officer, you know, okay, I'm just going to be taking people to jail. I'm going to be, you know, pulling people over, um, you know, arresting people. Uh, And I just didn't know that if I could continue community service as a police officer, but I did. Uh, It was a great thing. Yes, sir. And um, doing some due diligence, I kind of read that uh, you had did some work in the mental health field and nursing. Um, yes. At, at, at this time, what what is your message to anybody that that is in that field right now with the epidemic that's going on? Do you have a strong message to give across to them? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the mental health issue now, uh, I would say, would maybe be on the rise because you're dealing with, uh, you know, this pandemic across the world and that that people are losing their lives you know you're not sure that you could be the next one to get infected and, and so people are nervous they're anxious they're stressed out so i would say that you know you, you need to have a lot of patience and develop a lot of patience with people you need to um have love and compassion for people because now more than ever people need that and then in the mental health field when i worked in the mental health field uh I developed so much patience. That's really where I learned my patience and I carried that on to being a police officer because when you're a public servant and you're caring for people, you have to have patience. I mean, there's really no way around it because if you don't, uh, I don't think you would last long. Absolutely. 
Um, and that's so, uh, so key, you know, to have patience with, uh, you know, whether it's in our profession or just in our life, uh, relationship wise, whatever it may be is, is so important. Um, you know, take me to when you started using your Instagram as social media platforms, what, what said, Hey, you know what, this could, this could really give me a voice and a platform. What, what, what was that uh, deciding factor for you, officer Norman? Well, I'd learned about, um, you know, Facebook probably, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe 2008, 2009, Mm -hmm. somewhere around there. Instagram. I remember my first post was in 2012 and I just thought, okay, so I'm out here in the community. I'm out here doing fun things with people of all colors and ages. And I'm, I'm out here forming these relationships. So how about I take relationships to social media and see how people react and see if I can inspire other people to want to go out and do the same. And at first, um, there wasn't a big reaction. Uh, but then <laughs> you fast forward to the incidents with police officers and communities and you had these riots and these protests and um, I had already been posting before that and people would start sharing my work saying hey you know this is how it should be done Uh, you know there is a chance for police and communities to uh, you know kind of unite and and the reason they felt like there was a chance is because they saw the work that was going on here and and so anyway you know it took off from there I remember uh, I had around 200,000 Instagram followers mm-hmm. and two weeks later I was up to 1 million. It was just absolutely wow. crazy. And it's just, it was at a time where the nation needed to see things done right when it comes to mm-hmm. police officer, uh, police officers, I should say, uh, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of officers out there that are doing great, great work. It just, it just so happened at that time. I felt like God said, okay, I'm here. You're the one, you're the face. You need to bring, and restore people's faith uh, in this officer. So I took God up on the challenge. And, uh, you know, it's been pretty powerful ever since. Absolutely. And um, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit there, but, um, you know, obviously you've had, uh, you know, such high trust and respect and successes for, for quite some time now in, in your, you know, extensive career. What can you attribute most to that, that you've been able to um, – have such a high level of trust, respect, uh, successes, what can you say is the, is the one thing that most stands out to you that you have to do if you want to get to that uh, elite level per se or high level of just, you know, earning that, that uh, you know, honor? Yeah, well, I would say, and a great question, I would say, well, there's, there's probably two or three things. Number one is whether it's a birthday party, whether it's a visit to a hospital, whether you're going to a nursing home, whether you're going to a graduation, whether you're going to a wedding, if you get involved, you're going to get invited to a lot of those events, then you need to show up. Uh, it's huge. It's absolutely huge that you do that. And then secondly, form relationships, and then you stay committed to those relationships. So if I come to New York and I meet Bubba, hey, mm-hmm. how you doing, Bubba? My name's Tommy Norman. And then you never see me again. Well, I met you. And, you know, you, you I've kind of got my foot in the door to maybe start building trust for you, for you to get to know me. But if I don't come back and you never see me again, then that's I'm not keeping my commitment. I'm not keeping my promise. Mm-hmm. And so I learned early on that if you go into a community and people see you, whether you wave at them, whether you get out and you ask them what their name is, you know, how is your family, how's work, how's school. But you got to come back the next day. And if you don't, um, then, you, you, you know, you're 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 creating uh, a trust issue because people mm-hmm. expect to see you back and if you don't come back then uh to me that's a that, that's an issue 
Absolutely. And can you kind of touch on, um, you know, in your duties, um, like as an officer, take me through like what a shift looks like for Officer Norman through throughout your regular shift. You know, so for most of my career, I work day shifts. So mm-hmm. I'll start early, um, you know, but full year, I'll go by some bus stops and I will mm-hmm. uh, um, hang out with some kids that are waiting to board the, the school bus. And then, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the day, if I'm not answering calls, I'll go into neighborhoods. Um, you know, you, you have to earn your way to someone's front yard, then to someone's mm-hmm. porch, and then inside someone's house. So once they trust you, they'll let you, uh, they'll let you kind of, uh, little by little kind of baby steps, so to speak, that you will be able to really get to know those people. So it's really easy for me after so many years, I just go into these neighborhoods and check on people, um, not just residential areas, but if it's a barbershop, a gas station, a laundromat, you know, you go in and you check on people and it's, it's a lot of checking on people. It's a lot of uh, making sure they're okay. Um, and then, you know, but it's not just when my shift is over. I learned early on in my career that when my eight hours was over, I didn't want to go home. I wanted mm-hmm. to do more. And so uh, a lot of times I would go home and I would uniform and uh, put on a pair of blue jeans and a T-shirt. And I would go right back out there because I wanted people to see me not just in a uniform. Some people uh, are intimidated and a little nervous with the uniform. Mm-hmm. So I wanted people to be at ease and also to realize that you're not just going to see me uh, when I'm getting paid on the clock. You'll also mm-hmm. see me on my own time. Absolutely. And that's, that's so important. And uh, just, you know, such so much respect from me to you, you know, that that, you know, not only do you do you do it, like you said, and, and your and your uh, duties and, and obligations and, and work. But, you know, to, to take that time outside, that is uh, is just such a blessing to your community and to everyone that you're able to have such a positive impact on. And like you said, it just it just uh, reassures them so much more. Hey, you know, Officer Norman is, is just a great human. I appreciate that. And that's important. Yes, everyone, everyone try to, uh, you know, work on having that go and. Uh, you know, be seen as just a, not just a police officer or a bodyguard, but just a person that, uh, you know, is an advocate for humanity. Absolutely. And um, obviously you've had so many high accolades and, and honors, you know, so many prestigious honors in your career. But if you could just say one that meant the most to you, that really was just dearest to your heart and, and that, you know, every day you just think of like, wow, I can't believe I, I achieved that. What what would one of those accolades be, Officer Norman, that just meant the most to you? I would say um, I was hired in 1998 and then mm. in the year 2000. So I'm a two year officer, uh, mm. still, you know, a rookie. And I was named the uh, the police officer of the year in such a short amount of time. And so during that time, I'm thinking to myself, OK, is this working? Is me being a police officer really what I was meant to be? And then to be named the officer of the year two years into my career uh, was really a stamp of confidence for me. And it proved to me that, hey, you know, somebody's watching. Um, you know, my peers are watching, my superiors are watching. And it's powerful. And that gave me some, I mean, I recognize. And that's, um, that right there was definitely. That was definitely a uh, time where, uh, you know, hey, uh, to be recognized at such an early stage in my career was uh, very motivating to me. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we touched on that, you know, you went from you started with, you know, you just started your account. You had 200,000 followers. And then all of a sudden, a few weeks later, you refresh your page. You're at a million followers and you're verified now. Was that something you could have even dreamed of that you've had now you've had? A uh, million followers on Instagram. You got close to two million likes or follows on on Facebook. Is it? 
I mean, just kind of describe that to me, how powerful that is, that uh, your content was able to go viral, that so many people were able to support the, the vision that you had and, and support the, the, the trust that you were instilling in, in, in the youth and the communities and just, uh, you know, really you became the, the face of social media. Um, you know, just kind of describe that for me. Well, I, I'll say that if you would have told me uh, 22 years ago that, hey, um, at some point in time, you're going to be the face of, of policing done right. You're going to have millions of people mm-hmm. across the world are going to be following your work. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed you because I didn't sign up for that. Uh, because right. When I got hired in 1998, there wasn't any type of social media. Uh, and so, you know, I would have been taken back by even the remote suggestion of that. And so um, it's, it, it, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I was a little nervous at I realized I had so many people watching me. I would get on live on Facebook and on Instagram, and instantly you have thousands of people jumping on to hear what you have to say. People trust your word. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. my words seem to uh, instill comfort in people, and that's a huge responsibility to, t- to take on. Mm-hmm. But uh, after a while, um, and even with that, I traveled so much. I traveled across the United States speaking in different communities and speaking at police departments and police academies. And but I felt confident because I knew that God was with me and, uh, you know, I wasn't too steer wrong. And I think really what's big what you see with me is what you get. And I don't ever switch up. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I see in your your Instagram bio, it's it's stated building bridges, forming uh, relationships and uniting communities. It briefly just summarize. Uh, if if an officer that any officer may come across this that maybe uh, will will listen to this podcast um, summarize as best as you can, Officer Norman, how can how can they effectively and efficiently build bridges, form relationships, and unite communities uh, in, in a quick, effective, uh, safe, trusting mannerism that uh, serves best for the, the department and for their community? I would say you know whatever community you're assigned to, um, start you know each day just just one block a day and you know one day get out and talk to two or three people and the next day go to the next block and the next block and just after a month you've went through that entire community that you're assigned to and you've gotten to know so many people you know you you've learned a little bit about them but also they learn a little bit about you so they learn mm-hmm. you know hey do you like to fish what are your hobbies do you have family um, because it's 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 a fifty fifty. So if you're going to end up becoming family, which you will, uh, people need to know about you. It's okay that people know kind of a little bit about your personal life, and so you build bridges by doing that, and, and mm-hmm. you, you know you you form that trust and that respect because people see you every day. They see your face, and to have a familiar face that makes people feel at ease. It makes people feel safe. And then, um, you know, at the end of the day, when you do all that, you're you're, you're not in communities. Um, and so I will say that it's not going to happen overnight because as a new police mm-hmm. officer, you're not going to win people over right away. I mean, you have to have some mm-hmm. patience and but but know that if you're out there every day and you are committed to your cause, then it's going to work. Absolutely. And uh, can you just describe to me uh, maybe a roadblock or an obstacle during your career that you may have, uh, you know, you may have had to face and, and how were you able to, to adverse and, and overcome that obstacle? Can you give me one that really just uh, comes to your mind uh, uh, of something you had to persevere? So 
as a police officer, you're going to arrest people. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. your primary job is to uphold the law. You know, you're sworn mm-hmm. to protect and serve. And I can remember uh, that I had made friends with uh, some kids of a family that would always be outside playing. I would stop and just hang out with them, talk to them. And they got mm-hmm. to know them well at some point in time in the near future. Ended up having to take one of the adult family members to jail, and mm-hmm. it, it was absolutely heartbreaking because the kids are screaming and yelling at me, Officer mm-hmm. Norman. Uh, why, you know, I thought you were our friend, and they were just confused. That's about, you know, being a police officer uh, and getting so involved in the community. There is going to come a time at mm-hmm. some point where you're going to end up having to to make an arrest, and some of these you know, kids need it. Use and stuff. That trust there was broken. I had to rebuild that trust once again. So, and, and eventually, when they got older, they understood. Okay, you know, hey, you were you were doing your job. Right, absolutely. And you, you kind of uh, elaborated on it some, but uh, you know, say a, a community policing officer, someone that is really heavily in the community communities, comes into that situation, and what's the what's the best way? in your opinion, that an officer can deal with that. And then also, like you said, how can they gain back that trust? You know, even though you were just upholding, uh, you know, your duties that, of, of your obligations that you're sworn to, you know, protect and serve. Well, I'll say this is that if, if you go into a community and you're out there every day, giving it your all and you are displaying the true meaning of community policing. So when you go into a, uh, when you go into a neighborhood, in a community, maybe you're on a call where, you know, possibly, uh, you know, you had to arrest someone, um, then mm-hmm. then there's a really good chance that there will be less tension and less problems because people know you. OK, this is an officer that we respect and we trust. But also mm-hmm. know that he has to do his job. Now, the flip side of that, right. if there are some issues where people are really angry at you uh, and, and they just can't really understand okay you know he loves us but he also has a job he has to do then you got to start all over again now that may be starting all over with one or two families which you could do um but but at the end of the day the majority of the community still loves you and, and respects you absolutely and um so say uh an officer you know maybe uh you know say they're in a uh, per se a dangerous community or uh, you know, community where the, the trust is just so minimal with, with uh, the relations uh, and, and the bridging of the gap is just not there. Uh, how, how do you, not just in an a- average situation, Officer Norman, say this is, uh, you know, some extreme situation, very uh, rough city, high crime level. How, how would you uh, portray to them that, you know, what, what is your, uh, you know, what is your message to them? If, even if it's, you know, like, it feels like, you know, I'm really trying to do this. It's just not happening. Or, you know, it's like, I feel like I'm against the real, you know, like what, what is your advice to them? Um, you, you, you don't want to give up on them. You want to, mm-hmm. um, you, you want to show those neighborhoods because a lot of neighborhoods, they have these labels. Well, that, that's a dangerous neighborhood or that neighborhood right. is just, it's not a walk in the park and you don't want to go down that street. Well, Listen, mm-hmm. regardless of what reputation a neighborhood has, you had to go in there and find out for yourself. So you may have mm-hmm. someone who maybe is a convicted felon so down the um, and, and they just haven't had the best life. Those are the people that you want to get to know. Those are the people that you right. want to you want to prove to them that, hey, you know, I, I'm here for you. Yes, I'm a police officer, but I still care about you. Now you have to do your part. 
We, mm-hmm. we, you know, we both uh, should hold each other accountable. I hold you accountable as a civilian. You hold me accountable mm-hmm. as a police officer. But there's just too many of those communities out there that people mm-hmm. just they they walk away from. They turn their back on. They mm-hmm. walk away, and it's just that that's one of the reasons that I think some people maybe lose trust in officers because you don't always mm-hmm. go into neighborhoods that are, you know, they're glorified, they're beautiful neighborhoods. You want to go into neighborhoods that maybe. Uh, from the outside looking in, they don't look so pleasant. Well, go in there and and, right. and, 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 and and make them pleasant, so to speak, or at least do your part in, in, in making them, uh, you know, I guess more attractive, so to speak, and, and lifting people's spirits. Absolutely. And what what is your message for any department that, you know, maybe they don't, uh, they're not like heavily on community policing or, uh, you know, having a, events to, to bring the community and, and uh, law enforcement together. Uh, what, what is your message to them that they, they should strongly uh, consider and not just consider, but they should carry out with some community policing efforts? Well, I, I, you know, for the for the departments out there that, that aren't mm-hmm. uh, practicing community policing, I mean, I can tell you that uh, doing this the last 22 years, um, there are people out there now um, that have seen officers involved in the community when they lay their head down at night they're at peace knowing that hey uh, there's officers in, in my neighborhood that care about me uh, and it really makes me feel uh, a lot better as a person so for those departments out there that that maybe aren't practicing community policing and i don't know who they are exactly but I mean, it's, uh, yes. it's, uh, it's so vital communities coming together i mean it's so important uh, because I don't know the stats on this, but I would honestly say that you would see less crime, uh, less violence, mm-hmm. because basically you've got a group of civilians and officers coming together that ultimately become family. Now, families are going to argue mm-hmm. and fight sometimes. For the most part, they're going to love each other. Right. Absolutely. And um, what what is your message to... Say there's a, you know, a young man and, uh, you know, when he sees police and when he sees officers in his community, he has a, a sense of like, uh, you know, he just doesn't have a good vibe or he just has a, a sense of uncomfortableness. What, what is your message to any youth that, you know, hey, police officers are actually here to protect you? What, what is your message for that? Right. I mean, I understand, you know, a police guard, a police officer in a uniform for some people, like I said, it makes them nervous. You know, what is this <laughs> officer doing here? Uh, you know, what's he doing in my neighborhood? But there's not always a bad reason an officer is in your neighborhood. So take the time to go up and talk to that officer. If that officer comes up and wants to talk to you, at least give him a chance to kind of uh, hear what he's saying. And it's not always going to be, okay, hey, let me see your driver's license. You know, what are you doing here? Uh, you know, it may just be this officer wants to get to know you because he's new to the community and he's trying to, to uh, earn people's trust and respect. So it's not always going to be something bad. You know, give that officer the chance. Absolutely. And can you um, now, obviously, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of celebrities have have taken a following to you or, or, you know, a liking to your work. And, you know, you've been uh, you've been on numerous news news stations. If there was one celebrity or or news station or show that that either reached out to you or or gave you, uh, you know, gave you opportunity to come on the show, which one were you just like most in shock? Like, wow, I can't believe they reached out to me or I can't believe that. They they seen uh, you know my my efforts. Which one would you say stood out most to you? There's been many uh, met athletes, uh, mm-hmm. know, uh, actors. Uh, there is a musician. Uh, I was feeling mm-hmm. shocked today that he who 
who I was and what we do here in, in Oklahoma, Arkansas, but it would be Bruno Mars. And, wow. and the reason uh, Bruno Mars, number one, it was just such a big honor that he even knew who I was. He knew some people by their names in the community here. He mentioned that him and his girlfriend would just lay in bed at night watching my videos on social media. And But he, he went, he took it a step further. And he donated $10,000 in Foot Locker gift cards to purchase shoes for kids in the community here. And, I mean, it was huge. Uh, wow. Because of that, we were able to bless so many kids with, with tennis shoes. And it was a great partnership you know, with Foot Locker and Bruno Mars. And uh, we got to go backstage. And he gave uh, a concert kids in the community. And, uh, I mean, it's something I'll never, ever forget. Wow, that's that's just uh, you know such an honor and, and you know truly amazing blessing that you know like you said you were able to you know impact so many people off of his you know generosity. Yes, yes, absolutely amazing. Wow, and uh, you know touch on your you know obviously you uh, you know you have the impact in the community when you're when you're out in foot and in person and things of that nature, but also talk you, you touched on it a little bit earlier. Talk about uh, your social media impact, how, how, you know, like you said, people are really kind of provided with some sense of comfort and some reassurance when you post these videos, when you post these encounters with, uh, you know, whether it be the all-star crew or different people in your community and all across the world, really, in, in your travels as you, as you travel across the nation and speaking engagements or, you, you know, you're keeping up with people. Uh, just kind of give me a rundown on wh- what, you know, how, how important that is that they continue to see that and, and you know, what it means. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool that I've had people follow me for, you know, five, six years, uh, you, you know, and, and they know people here by name. So they feel like they're part of this fan. You know, they, they, they know they grown Lois and Carol and Kenny Wayne and Miss Emma and the, list, and the list goes on. So what makes mm-hmm people that follow me feel really special and makes me feel special as well that we're all family you know we're all of our family right. so they call Kenny Wayne their uncle they call Mr. George their grandpa you know uh, their brother so even though there's a chance they may not meet anybody here mm-hmm. uh, in their lifetime right. but they're still family through social media and also social media I think it lifts people's spirits because I've had people you know really down on their luck and, and they just want some positive words for me and inspiration and mm-hmm. so that's why a lot of times even during uh, you know the self-isolation period uh, a lot of times i just go live just to connect stay connected with you know people right. they want to see my face they want to be able to communicate with me and you know if i can just make one person happy through all of this then i feel like i've done my job absolutely and uh you know one one person um you know uh, a second, you know, because you're you're definitely inspiring so many, Officer Norman, and uh, you know, not just in your community, not just on social media, but all across the real, you know, um, and it's just you know such uh, such a high honor, uh, you know, to have you on this podcast and just, you know to really just 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 pick your brain and get some insight and and that wisdom and knowledge that you highly possess, you know, that you you know able to not only be a police officer, not do it. Uh, at a high level but at a high level for so for so long and uh you know you you just uh your your inspiration to the youth your inspiration to your community and and um you know people all across the world all different ethnicities cultures races and uh you know even even i see that uh you know you've gotten like messages on social media even, uh it may have been somebody you know uh that had a bad encounter with an officer and they messaged you and say hey you know what i respect what you're doing and just talk about how powerful that is that well, even though somebody 
you know, may have had, uh, you know, they may have, whether it was officer or, or, or the person's doing, they, they had some type of encounter that, did, that they just didn't like. And now they see your workings and they say, hey, you know what, we're reassured that, you know, officers aren't maybe what we opinionate them to be. Right. And that's, that's a good point. And, and you're right. There have been multiple people throughout the years that have reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I don't really care for police officers never have because of whatever situation place. but because of what I see you do uh, work that you do um, you know I'm, I'm slowly surely um, developing more trust in police officers and so that's really powerful because if you think about it it could keep other officers safe I, I mean and the mm-hmm. reason I say that is because okay you've got this one person for whatever reason whether it be mm-hmm. right or wrong um they, they just don't care for police officers. But if they see these officers, not just me, but officers all across the United States that are doing mm-hmm. good work and, and they see that they're like, OK, you know, that police officers aren't so bad after all. And so uh, who knows? Maybe that would instill some faith and trust in that person in their community for their officers, you know, and, and it would maybe encourage them to want to go out and say, hey, I see this officer doing this kind of work in this community. Uh, tell me what you do here in our community, you know, and it could just start a conversation that would make things better. Absolutely. And uh, on the other side of the token, I'm sure you you get a ton of messages as well of, of people that are either going into law enforcement or are actively in law enforcement and just uh, to say that you were the inspiration and, and reason why they're doing their profession. Kind of touch touch on that uh, about that. And what, what does that mean to you? I'm sure that's just powerful and just uh, such such a meaningful encounter. Oh, it means the world to me. I mean, I've, I've had so many officers that either officers now, they're applying to be a police officer, and they say that they were inspired by the work that I do. And, and if you could I'm a police officer, be a public servant, just by the work that you're doing, I mean, it's a, it's a huge honor. Uh, it really, really is. And so it's something that I don't take for granted or don't take Absolutely. And um, we, we touched on earlier, you know, your 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 highest accolade that, that, you know, meant the most to you. Talk about the most powerful moment that you've ever had, whether it be a social media moment or uh, a life moment or uh, something in your law enforcement profession that was just uh, just insanely powerful that uh, t- touch on that for me. Yeah. You know, and I brought this up before um, this. Mm-hmm. This really uh, compared to anything else. It's, I'm a three-year officer, and there was mm-hmm. a murder suspect in another city, in Little Rock, Arkansas, mm-hmm. which is a neighboring city from North Little Rock, and uh, he was wanted for uh, murder. He actually killed a man in a homeless camp with a two-by-four, he beat him to death, and so he wanted to turn himself in. He went friends on the street, what can I do? You know, I, I want to turn myself in peacefully, and they said, hey, call this mm-hmm. officer. Uh, over in North Little Rock and, and turn yourself into him. And the, the reason I share that story and, and it's mm-hmm. the most powerful is because, you know, and I, I honestly didn't know that that many people in other cities even knew who I was, but it was just proof to me that, hey, keep doing what you're doing, getting out there and treating people with respect. And in this case, involved um, murder. And it also probably kept other people safe as well, including other officers, because as you know, when you when you you know a murder suspect, some things can happen that uh, are really really bad. Absolutely, and uh, you know it's just you know like you said, it's just a, a tribute to how powerful the impact is, and 
like you said, sometimes you don't even realize how, how much of an impact you can have on uh, others and surrounding communities and all across your state. And uh, it's just, you know, it's just amazing, you know, just to see your journey and, and how far uh, you, you've come and, you know, um, that how high you continue to hold that, um, you know, the, uh, the, the high level of, of, you know, just uh, that you, 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 you don't just perform your job, you go above and beyond and like you said, whether you're on duty or you're, or you're outside of, uh, of work time. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's really just been, uh, you know, just a blessing to see that. And, uh, you know, it's re- reassurance that there is still amazing humans. There's still amazing police officers out here. And, uh, you know, don't judge a book by its cover just because you see a, a officer's car, like you said, don't, don't, don't just presume the worst, you know, go up and, you know, have a conversation and get to know people and build that uh, form of relation and trust with one another. Right. You're, you're right. And, and- I'm always going to set the bar high. I'm always going to set the standard high, uh, you know, because for the next generation of officers that are that are coming on, you know, um, I want them to continue doing what the officers such as myself and other officers across the United States are doing is, you know, when, when we're gone, uh, when we're retired, uh, we want those officers to uh, to carry on the tradition and uh, always get out there and make a difference. Absolutely. And um, lastly, uh, we'll touch on your speaking engagements kind of just describe um, those, those encounters and um, you know, what, what people may say, Hey, you know, this is uh, you know, what, what is like the main purpose that you look for when you, when you do these engagements, what's the main topic you you look to cover when you travel across the nation? It's just, I tell my story and I feel like that my story mm-hmm. from the beginning until now is a story that is so powerful that it inspires people. And then I give examples of, of life for me as a teenager when I started volunteering and then as a police officer thinking, okay, maybe I have to stop volunteering. Can I keep going? And then, you know, to other officers the ones in other communities, you know, these are examples. This is how you get out and you 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 start changing this community. And and when I say change the community, um, you know, form these relationships where people uh, at the end of the day they're gonna trust you more. And and just you know, um Share stories. Um, we have a. I've been on a lot of panel interviews, uh, speaking mm-hmm. engagements as far as town halls and things of that nature. So, what's also important is I tell you know uh, these communities that okay we're here now, but when I leave, keep it going. You know, I hope I'm kind of lighting the fire and igniting, you know, this passion for people when I go out. So my goal when I go into communities is to inspire people, um, and when I get on that plane and fly back home. Uh, you know, you all keep it up and, uh, you know, let's just kind of learn from each other. Absolutely. And uh, if there's any final things you wanted to wrap up on, Officer Norman, anything that we didn't get to touch on, uh, I'll just give you this moment to any any final, you know, uh, words or advice, encouragement that you have for anybody, whether it be youth or adults, parents, whatever it may be. Uh, what is just your final, um, you know, words of encouragement to, to anybody out here who's listening? Uh, just, you know, for members of society that you you feel like maybe they've forgotten about, then go talk to them. Go give them a hug. Tell them you love them. I mean, if it's people that can't walk and they can't walk and maybe they're deaf and maybe they look different than we do, you know, don't laugh at them. Don't make fun of those people. Um, you, you know, you, you never know. It could be an angel down here on earth and, and mm-hmm. you, you know, it's somebody that you want to, you, you want to love more. And, and that's always been my motto is that uh, for people that I feel like society turns their back on, those are the people that I gravitate to. So just be mm-hmm. gravitated to those individuals that 
don't receive the love um, that you and I may receive every day. Um, because those are the mm-hmm. people that sometimes may be lost because they don't know what a friend is. They don't know what it's like to have a relationship and receive a phone call saying, hey, I'm just thinking about you. I want to hear your voice. And and that's what we need to do, um, you know, is, is what we're dealing with right now. Um, you know, this is a wake up call for, I think, all of us to love each other more. Um, we're, we're all mm-hmm. in this together and it's called humanity. And, and let's let's uh, let's make life better for humanity. And so there would definitely be some words that I want to uh, leave here at the end of the podcast. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And, um, you know, again, thank you so much for your time, your insight, uh, your your immense knowledge and wisdom uh, in your profession and just, you know, your life journey. It's, uh, you know, it's inspired me. It's inspired so many uh, from from young to old. And, you know, like I said, all across the rail, not just in your community, not just in your state, but all across the rail. And, uh, you know, thank you so much. May God con- God continue to bless you and may you always be safe. Officer Norman. Bubba, I appreciate you, man. Be safe. Thanks for what you do as well. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. This is Bubba's Bodyguard Podcast, available on all platforms. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And Officer Norman, thank you so much. Yes, sir.